Welcome to the podcast that inspires the American dream through hard work and adventure. Our wide range of guests will give you a unique insight into their crafts, professions, and experiences. So sit back, enjoy, and have a laugh. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Free Range American Podcast. All right. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. How are you guys? Well, uh, welcome to another episode of Free Range American. Free right? Range American. Right, I'm I'm super excited for today's show. I mean, it's a long-time listener, first-time caller for me over here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done a show with him? Yeah. Oh, you shoot. have? You have? I can't remember. I, mean, I don't know. I think we've done two with you, right, on Drinking Room? Yeah, I did one yeah. with him. You I'm did? Not yeah, one, yeah. At least one, I'd hope. Right. Maybe not. I'm thinking about but it. This I'm is not Dakota sure. Meyer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Medal of Honor recipient, <laughs> right. Marine, Dakota right. Meyer. I mean, they do share... They share uh, a learned skill. They are both snipers. Ooh. I wow. Didn't, I didn't date uh, Sarah Palin's kid, though, right? Is that Dakota Meyer? Is are, that another one? Are they one? married? I don't remember. Right. Are they? Anyway. They, like, anyway. Snipers. Uh, but Alec is back because he has developing news. You know, mm-hmm. major life changes. Transitioning, if you will. Yeah. I'm so, always... <laughs> so, yeah, tell us about tell us about your transition into... Politics. Well, I am transitioning to a yeah. politician. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's a, such an appropriate way to put that, too. I've sold the early stages. <laughs> <laughs> Fundraising. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have not. I mean, obviously, you, you have not gone full politician because you're not talking like one yet. Not yet. Um, I, I think you have to be elected. I'm still a candidate at this point. Right. At the early stages. Where yeah. So when do you start turning into a douchebag? Is that later? I think that's after you're in for a minute. Oh, right. Um, I mean, I hung out with Crenshaw this morning. No, yeah, yeah. He's an exception. And uh, he's still okay, but yeah. I think it's because he's still on his first term. Right. Give him a couple more years, then mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you have to imagine, like, it's just like, I imagine it is, it's just like anything that we've kind of encountered in our in our lives, you know, when you, you have a you have kind of a concept in your head of what, of what the House of Representatives or the Senate is like, right. you know. And then you get there and you realize, oh, we have to play this game. You know, power moves when you're put on committees and you're, you know, as you, as you gain. Your, well, you have the party, m- right? M- so you have m- party m- politics. Yeah. Well, it's probably then, tough because everybody's out to get you too. Right. Even, you know, regular people, everybody either hates you or likes you. And it's just tough probably trying to talk like a politician and still get your message across. I don't why? Know. Like, why do you want to do it? It's like, why? Well, this is probably going to bore people to death, but (laughs) basically Southwestern Oregon relies on the timber industry. And since the timber industry went away, it's been really hard on people economically. You've got unemployment, homelessness, uh, even we have some of the highest child abuse, child abuse rates in the country. So it's, everything's really gone downhill since timber left. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really want to bring it back, not really for the timber industry, but just for the people of southwestern Oregon, because it's like taking away West Virginia's coal industry. Right. Or, I don't know, cattle industry in Texas. So you legitimately have been researching kind of the health of the populace in your region and found reasons why it has gone down, and now you want to fix that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the incumbent Democrat, he's been in office for 33 years and he hasn't done anything for the district. He's pretty much overseen the downfall of the timber industry and has done nothing for us. And he's in a position to where he could do a lot for the district, and he just doesn't. And it makes me mad that we're in this situation economically purely for political reasons. It's not mm-hmm. because, you know, we don't need timber anymore. It's not because all the timber burned up and went away, although it's starting to. Um, and it's just political reasons that people are living the way they're living in Southwestern Oregon. Mm -hmm. And where, what district is that? Or congressional district four. Okay. And then how many congressional districts are there in Oregon? Five. So we're a little bit behind Texas, but got it. We're stealing a couple of Californias, I think. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. And Um, then what, what city is that? Like where, where are you at? So it's like Albany Corvallis, uh, Mm -hmm. like Corvallis is where Oregon state is. And Mm -hmm. the kind of the middle of it is Roseburg and Eugene, which is where the university of Oregon is. Oh yeah. And so it's pretty much all of Southwestern Oregon. So I I mean, you're fighting a a 
a pretty pitched battle, I would imagine, because you have a really, when I would say you're on the west side of Oregon, and Eugene, when I hear when I hear town names like Eugene, <laughs> I think, whoa, way left, you know, way <laughs> left. So, like, you got to have a game plan, obviously. Like, when you're, this is about getting people out to vote, basically. Yeah. It's, a, it's getting people out to vote to outnumber the other. Yeah, um, it's, it's about winning the middle, really. It's yeah. common sense issues that people care about that maybe even aren't that political. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Eugene is very liberal, but the rest of the district is very conservative. And so it's actually, it's very competitive. Trump only lost the district by 500 votes. It's the wow. closest district that he actually lost. Wow. Um, and basically, I mean, we're just trying to lead on timber, veterans issues, the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Issues that most people care about. Right. The incumbent is pretty much a socialist. He co-founded the House Progressive Caucus with Bernie Sanders, and he co-sponsored the Green New Deal with AOC. So he's gotten way far left for how moderate the district is. And is I that really, going to be part of your strategy? Is to exploit kind of? I mean, it, it's it's pretty. Sounds like he did it for you. You know. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it's just tough because Republicans aren't very organized in Oregon, so kind of getting started is very tough i mean that's part of the reason why we're out in texas fundraising and gathering support but i mean i just think that if you can lead on issues that people care about the average person not even someone that's that politically informed you can win the middle and win an election even in western oregon Mm -hmm. i would agree i i I mean i follow politics relatively closely i mean i'm probably more so than most people Um, so I think that that's kind of a a fair stance to talk about some of those issues. And I don't know, I don't know how the the entire district's broken up, but I think when I think about it from the outside looking in, I would say, Hmm, it's going to be tough with Eugene, right? Sitting there because that's kind of, but you've ran for a seat in Eugene. Have you? I ran for a seat in Douglas County, which is Roseburg where I live. All right. And, uh, so I'm not going in politically ignorant i would say i mean i right. know it's a very dirty business and uh do a lot of personal but your name attacks, has been out there in yeah. this area enough i mean i mean a lot of people know who i am because of the terrorist attack on the train and things like right. that and that definitely helps right. um but i mean at the end of the day people care about the issues and what you're mm-hmm. running on and i think our issues are hopefully common sense enough for most people uh, well, it sounds like you're focused on things that actually affect people's lives, whereas these days a lot of politicians are are focusing on this this you know divide mongering or you know these issues you know everybody stems from immigration to abortion and it's like are those really things that everybody wakes up every day and is concerned with? Well, and they're not popular issues. I mean, people, I mean, they're very divisive issues. I guess I would say with the timber industry and just timber in western oregon it's even with the environmentalists even their argument doesn't really hold a lot of water because they allow forest fires to happen and then after a forest fire they won't even allow timber companies to come in cut the trees that are burned down and plant new healthy young trees they just let the forest sit there and rot until it comes back naturally and it's just not very efficient it's not good for the environment it dumps carbon into the atmosphere and then the trees sit there and rot and dump more carbon into the atmosphere after a forest fire. So I don't even understand the environmentalist's argument on that subject, I guess. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I just want people to look at the timber issue and make up their own mind. I don't know. It's just It just makes me mad that nobody's doing anything about the issue. This has been a problem for almost 30 years, and it's taking me to run for office to try to change it. Mm-hmm. And it should not... It should not take that long. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm I'm from Idaho. My dad was a logger, so I've heard it, right? So I've heard the arguments, I think, my entire life where, you know, the environmentalists are, the, the forest needs to return to its natural state, right? That's that's their whole, their whole shtick is the wilderness, the forest needs to return to its natural state. And they don't want any human intervention. What they really want to do is just kind of put a fence up you know, protect it. Nobody can go in there. 
you know, they don't want trails, like the hardcore environmentalists, like that you shouldn't even have a trail in there to go in there and go bird watching. Right. That's, that's their, that's, that's like far left, which is almost an anti-human position where they're like, humans are disgusting animals. They ruin everything. We should all die. That's essentially their position. And the earth needs to return to its non-human existence. Okay, but well, that's not going to happen, right? That that's my whole point. Okay, so now that we know like what the other side is like, that's where their position is. We're gonna have to dial it back. Like you can't go back from like humans exist. We're there's only more of us coming. There's only more of us coming. Um, yes, that position works in a fantasy world. You know when there's but I think that's where I'm I'm getting to this. It's yeah, like these yeah. are fantasies that people have. That, also. A timeline too that isn't even within our lifetime. You know what I right. mean? Like, and if you do just let it sit, it's just going to burn up every year. And I mean, we have people living in areas that are wooded. I mean, you don't want to see another paradise happen. You don't want. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, you is can't... it the environmental activists that have caused the timber industry to leave Oregon? Is that is that the cause? Like. Well, they haven't left completely, but yes, they have moved a lot, especially to the southeast. Um, they haven't given up completely, but I mean, they're still closing lumber mills even in this economy, which really doesn't make any sense. We're important. So, is that is that legislation? Is that legislation? Yes, that's what I'm curious. Yes, so, what, what, time, what type of legislation have they passed? That is well, it's mostly the Endangered Species Act. That's uh, what they yeah. used to kill timber in the late '80s and early '90s. Right. Uh, the spotted owl mm-hmm. was going away and they couldn't figure out why they figured right. it must be the timber industry and come to find out it had nothing to do with how much we were logging because it still hasn't come back it was a invas- invasive species of owl that was basically killing them off right and now we know that and they right. still haven't adjusted their timber policy i'll tell you what i don't need in my day-to-day life is a spotted owl I, i've never i've never even seen one <laughs> yeah you know what i do need yeah tim- toilet paper wood I do need um, toilet paper every day. I do need two by fours. I do need and fencing. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't and see wood an grain paneling yeah, on my I don't SUV. Understand, like, <laughs> that's, that's this argument that's is just invalid. Species come and go. You know, they come and go. I I think that that's the point, though, right? Which is like, there's one half, or at least a, a subsection of the United States, they truly believe. You know, they're anti-American, anti-human, anti-anti. Like, they, they're really self-loathing humans. They don't want anything to do with humanity, and they don't live in, in, in the real world where they're like, hey, we're going to have to coexist. Well, and timber is a renewable resource. Exactly. How much um, it, come, the, it grows uh, back. It grows back. How much is And the... I love logging roads, too, because it makes it easier for me to get into the backcountry to kill delicious things like elk. Yeah. So... Yeah. I mean, uh, how it, it, uh, we're talking about this? It's like, how many times has the has the desert tortoise thwarted our exercises throughout our military career? This 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 desert tortoise, the desert tortoise, <laughs> the, the cactus, the like, yeah. There's 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 another woodpecker. Yeah, the, the woodpecker. The, the that's in, that's at Fort Bragg. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which don't get me wrong. Like I'm I'm I love clean air. Like I love yes. clean air. I. I I respect the environment. I love being out in the wilderness and experiencing the wilderness for everything that it has to offer. But to your point, letting it just burn every year or every, you know, five years on cycles with, you know, no roads, no sustainability in in the harvest. These are non-starting conversations to me. We have more elk right now in the lower 48 than we did in like 1950. Based on proper management, we have more whitetail, we have more elk, we have more, we have more game in the United States, and that comes from hunting. So it's kind of the same thing from the anti-hunters that are like, you guys are out just killing all the animals and running the buffalo off cliffs. And The the original (laughs) conservationists were hunters. They wanted to preserve the animals so that they could continue to hunt them in the future. It's the same thing with the timber industry. The private companies have a motivation to keep the forest healthy and growing. Correct. The federal government does not. Mm-hmm. And the federal government, I mean, controlling these lands from D.C. does not really make much sense because they're not out in the woods every day. They're back in D.C. telling Oregon basically what they can do with their forests. How does this, from a from a complete layman's perspective, how does this industry operate? Like, are these companies... 
buying large plots of land and then foresting them, or are they is this BLM land that they're paying a stipend to the state itself in order to harvest? Like, how does this work? It's a little bit of both. There is private and there is federally owned land. The private land is what's managed properly right. and cut after it's burnt. It's the federal land that's the problem. It's the federal land where, where they dialed back logging mm-hmm. dramatically about 20, 30, 25, 30 years ago. And that's the real problem because a lot of forest fires, because it's so mismanaged, forest fires will start on federal land, get large, and then spread to all the private land surrounding it. And so it really hurts everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's a federal problem. It's the federal land that's being mismanaged and not being like I said, logged after a fire and replanted. They just let it sit, which increases the chance of it reburning. And I mean, I I could talk about timber for days, but you know, I I mean, I'm I'm also running on other issues that people across the country care about, like veterans issues. The Second Amendment obviously is mm-hmm. very important to me due to what we survived on the train. I mean, shoot, even six weeks after the train attack, there was a shooting at my college. Six oh, yeah. days after the shooting at my college, Spencer was stabbed in a bar fight in Sacramento. And uh, right. my little brother offered to loan him his Glock, and he didn't take it because it was illegal to conceal carry in California. Right. And then he was stabbed another six, seven times in a bar fight. Just, I mean, the Second Amendment is just, I think everybody should have the right to protect themselves. I think they should be able to own whatever gun they want. And, I mean, shoot, everybody should... I mean, there's, we have the Second Amendment for a reason. It's in the Constitution. They want to have socialized medicine and give everybody free medical care and force the rest of America to pay for it and do away with the Second Amendment. And it's, I mean, we have a choice this election between basically freedom and socialism. I mean, it's, the choices have, I hate when people say, you know, this election's the most important in history because they say that every two or four years, but... I don't think the choices have ever been more clear, especially after seeing what President Trump has done with the economy and delivering on the promises that he made when he was running. And now we have people on the other side basically asking for outright socialism. I mean, the choice is pretty clear in my mind, and I hope the choice is clear to most Americans that socialism would not be good for this country. I mean, just look at how the government runs things. Look at how the government runs the VA, and you want the entire United States to run on a VA like system. It just does not seem like a good idea to me. <laughs> the DMV. That's a good example. That's government ran yeah. and yeah. it runs like a Swiss watch. Well, I, I, there's so many things you touched on, right? It's kind of <laughs> like, where do we start with this? Like deconstructing this decision between socialism. And even if we're talking about socialism and a democratic Republic within a capitalist economy, there's a lot of different things that we can unpack, and like I think this these a lot of these things they, they kind of boil down to what you said really early in that, which is there there's this there's a big section of our our country, and they want to 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 lobby up these issues and have the federal government control what happens locally, and you know as a conservative. You know, as a conservative, I think more people need to look at this, I think, across the board, you know, as conservatives and liberals alike. Do you want more control over what happens in your, you know, your your town, your community, your state? Do you believe in that? Because if you believe in that fundamental, you know, this is a local and state issue and we want more control and more autonomy and we don't want the federal government involved in our lives, you're conservative. And when, when we when we looked at it from, you know, the marijuana issue, I think is probably the, the most glaringly obvious point I love to point out to liberals. Like, do you like the do you like your use of marijuana? Oh yeah, it's great, you know? It's great. I'm like great. You want your state to have the right. You want your to, state to be able to, to decide that? If, yes, I do. Yeah. You're a conservative. <laughs> <laughs> You're a conservative. But that's and and I think that's where people get lost with 
the principle of this. If California wants to ban all guns and they want to they want to let you know homeless people shit in the streets or whatever the fuck it is that they want to do, I, I, I think, they could do that. It's, I think it's San up Francisco to them. It's should, like, should 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 do a gun buyback program and then let the homeless people shit on um, all the guns in San Francisco. Yeah. That would be a great yeah, but, thing but, for but them that's to the do. Thing is, is if that's what they want to do with that state. Great. Now we don't I, know where we want to live. Like, I, I think it's we, a step further, though. Like, I think it's like we have to drive the independence, like the, the independent decisions down to the, the your town, your yeah. county. These are these are issues that we just don't need the federal government getting greatly involved in our lives. And I hate this the, persistence from one side of our country and conservatives do it, too. They're always like. Lob this up. Lob this up to the Fed. Well, the Fed big, has to do it. There's big government conservatives, to too. And, I mean, yes. I just think it's... You just have to look at what has the government done well. Right. And it's... Not much. Next to nothing. I mean, <laughs> the government does not do a whole lot of things well. I mean, you could argue the military, and I think a strong military is important, but mm-hmm. even the military, they do it at an incredible cost. I mean... Yeah, efficiency nothing, is not a, a DOD thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think that that's the thing where it's like, when you're when you're lobbing these things up to the their federal national issues, national security, mm-hmm. national issue, right? National issue, the national health care program. Man, that's a tough one for me. Like, do I believe there should should be some type of federally instituted health care system? To a certain degree, yeah. There's there's some socialist tendency to that for me when I look at it because I do think that you know kids, for instance, like no kid should go without health care. Like no yeah. kid should go without health care. But is it you for me, I can't have my cake and eat it too on some of these issues. I can't be I'm, you know, a small government, small government footprint. You know, I'm gonna have to sacrifice some of what I want in order to maintain autonomy and freedom at the individual level. And I think for conservatives, me more as like a libertarian conservative than I am a traditional conservative. I think those are the things that I have to kind of you have to forfeit some things yeah. to have what your your main principle is. Well, just I mean, the thing that makes me mad, too, is just how much government spends and wastes. Correct. If we cut out government waste and spending on stupid programs and research projects, we could have money to pay for everyone's health care under 18 if we wanted to. There's just so much waste in government. And that's that's why I think conservatives don't believe in government is because government never does anything efficiently. Yeah, but I think I think he just rooted the true problem with both sides is rather than you've got one side, you know, you have Bernie Sanders saying health care for all. You've got the red side saying no, fuck that. Rather than coming in and going, hey, hey, what about health care for all under 18? Are we happy with that? Are you happy with that? Are you happy with that? Like, like start po- posing, posing a, an idea that meets in the middle. There's a lot of people out there. Like I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I listen to a lot of conservative radio, and you know, I think that there's a lot of middle ground conservatives out there. There really is. The problem is, is like the left is so fucking left. Like what I don't They're like. Trying, is, they constantly I don't try like and pulling each other. I don't like pulling the right left. I don't like it. Like I like, you know, far right is. And, and when I look at like, there's more control. There's less control. Right. Big government. Either you're left or you're right. And when you're big government, more control. I'm not a fan. You know, when you're when you're either conservative or liberal, and you're always trying to lobby things up and have more control over people on a national level. Just not a fan of anything that goes that way. So at the Second Amendment, I'm fine with local municipalities and cities to say, "Hey, you want to not have guns? Great, move out of San Francisco." Yeah, like now we who just cares? know the people but, that disagree with that don't have to live there, right? And I think that that's where people are like, "Oh well, you you know you don't support the Second Amendment." I do, but I can't, as a true conservative, I can't force compromise. Down other people's yeah, threats. I don't want to force yeah. it. So if a local city says, "I we don't want this," and they voted it in place. I got to say, like, hey, man, I'll I'll move out of the city. I'll go somewhere else. I don't like it on a state level. You know what I mean? I don't like that on the state level, and I definitely do not want that conversation on the national level ever. I never want that conversation Mm -hmm. on the national level. I don't even want to fucking have it. I don't. Well, because, I mean, this is actually going on in Oregon on the state level right now. They're trying to pass cap and trade, 
and they've already passed a couple laws that exclusively hurt the rural parts of the state because i mean like they're trying to pass you know gas taxes and they pass a gross receipts tax and a lot of these laws hurt rural people the most because rural people drive the most they have trucking companies Mm -hmm. they have to pay the most when a gas tax is passed gross receipts tax hurt things like the lumber industry and anybody that deals in any industry with volume right and it's not really going to hurt the uh, artisan craft beer industry of Portland yeah. so much because they don't deal in as much volume as the timber industry. Right. And so just because one side has control doesn't necessarily mean they should force their views down the throats of the rest of the state. And I right. think that's the point you're getting at, but I, I don't want urban. Exactly. I don't, I don't want the, the urban areas of our country to continue to dictate what happens across the United States. It's a recipe for fucking disaster. It really is. And I think that's what we really like. We're looking at the left and the right coast, and they continue to try to define what happens through you know, the heartland and different areas in, in the United States. And I think you know, that's one of the reasons why you know, our business is based in Utah, Texas, and Tennessee. I'm not going to go to California. <laughs> we had a no. choice. You know what I mean? I, I'm, mm-hmm. we're, we, we could go to California. We could go to, we could go to some of these states. We're not going. There's no fucking way. They outvote us. <laughs> like, they outvote us. Like, like everywhere when we, go, when we look at these different states and different cities, like, from my perspective, I mean, progressive ruin, progressives ruin every one of these cities regardless. Well, it doesn't look at matter. California. There are more people leaving California that are moving in for the first time in history. They're going to lose at least a couple congressional seats after the right. census. I mean, you have examples. Really, they're losing of, seats, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And Oregon's actually probably going to get one of them, and maybe even Texas might get another one too. Right. But there's just so many examples of their types of society failing because mm-hmm. yeah, California— nobody, nobody admits that. That's the thing is, like, when you try and present that and say, hey, look at— Look at how fucked up San Francisco is right now. This is the mayor's fault. This is Feinstein's fault. This is your guys' fault. It's your policies you put in place. Nobody's holding accountable, not even the citizens at this point. I mean, it's the entire state of California, and that's what I mean. It's like San Francisco and L.A. basically control the entire state of California. They're ruining it for everybody, even the farmers that live in the Central Valley and Northern California. And a lot of these people can't just move out of the state because they're tied to their land or whatever. Well, they're tied to their profession. I mean, they're they're tied to work and they have their lives. They built their lives there. I completely agree. Yeah. it's. I I mean, I just don't know why people who left California for these kinds of reasons would then move to a state like Oregon, Texas, or Nevada, and then continue to vote for the same things that they fled. It does not make any sense. I I don't know either. Like I, I and I and it baffles me that you know we we deal with it with you know Austin continuing to grow. You know we and that's kind of a, been a perpetual conversation with all of us is every every time you find an urban area you find high density progressive views and they're continuing to vote. You know here's a great example. You know Utah and Idaho. I spend a ton of time in both those cities and states. I should say states, not cities, but. Salt Lake's very liberal. You know, they have a LGBTQ mayor. But the rest of the state is really conservative. It's a great example of what's happening across the United States. It's urban areas are progressive, Democrat. The rest of it, you know, it's the blue and red map, right? It's like blue and red. And I don't understand why we continue to do this over and over when we look at this. It's like, man, we're, we're, we're getting outvoted and it's pretty easy to see that we have to change some policies to continue to try to do some gerrymandering that actually works for <laughs> rural values a little bit better. And I know that we try, right? I know that conservatives try, but we just have to do a better job. There's a movement going on in the state of Oregon where they want the entire, the entire eastern part and part of the southern part to secede from the state of Oregon and become part of the state of Idaho. Is that real? That is I thought real. that was a joke. That is happening. They are, I'm not, well, I'm not sure if it's happening, right. but there is a huge movement and they're holding, you know, rallies and things like that. And they're trying to gain support. I mean, I've looked at it a little bit as far as what they would actually have to do legally right. to make it happen. And it's a 
very, very long shot. But I mean, even talking about people leaving you the get state the of votes, California. If you get the votes, you get the votes. I mean, it's well, they're, a, not, they're not going to get the votes in Oregon, right. is my point. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I just mean that it's tough seeing all of these people, you know, leave California, move to other states. Even a lot of conservatives now are starting to leave Oregon and move right. to Idaho. Yeah. But it's like, instead of just running from all of these policies, at some point we need to stand up and fight back. And I mean, that's part of why I'm running as well. But I just wish people would have more of that mentality, period, because we're losing, I guess, conservatives and Republicans. We're losing the culture war mm-hmm. nationwide. And it starts at, you know, school board, city council. I mean, even in Republican areas, most of those positions are held by Democrats. Mm-hmm. And that's what we as Republicans need to start doing better is instead of trying to defend our position, we need to start going on the attack and start moving the needle in the other direction. I, I think the only way you do that is by you have to start uh, putting or at least encouraging conservative educators within the school district. I mean, education profession just in general is so, you know, overwhelmingly Democrat. Like, yes, that on all we, levels <laughs> we, we yeah. have we have such a, a pitched battle. And that's where I see like we've lost that. Right. We capitulated the ground. However many years ago, we capitulated that ground within, you know, the teachers unions and not being able to fight back and not hold people to task. So our kids are being educated by a bunch of fucking socialists. And when we look at really when we look at a lot of of the education system, specifically when we look at universities around the United States, they're not just Democrats. There are a lot of socialists within those positions. We lost that battle, right? We lost it. And that's where I'm like, well, how do we go back? We can't go back. But how do we gain momentum within the education system? Because we've obviously, if, 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 you've, if you've, you know, eaten the fucking socialist shit and you've decided to be, you know, a socialist or a communist, whatever, you know, ist you want to describe that as, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to win you back very easily. Like that's, you know, you're you're a, you're a dyed in the wool Marxist, and a lot of these professors are fucking Marxists. Well, and there's a there's a reason that young people tend to be more liberal, and as they grow older, they tend to be more conservative, and that's mm-hmm. because they realize that socialism doesn't work. They start a business. They realize that taxes aren't good for growing businesses, mm-hmm. and they just change their mind and we have to start changing people's minds, not just on. Well, it's once they experience it for themselves. Exactly. That's why I said, like you may have, you may have plenty of, of socialists and Marxist educators out there in these universities that are, that are preaching this to young people. But what happens when you show up to their house and start taking their gas out of their car? You know, are they, are they just going to openly let you do that? Like people, once this once this stuff starts hitting the doorstep, you start kind of changing your mind. Oh wait, no, I don't want that. I I think it's a lot of it is I I mean in 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 theory a lot of it is it's social acceptance too within academia. You know, it it you're almost ostracized as well, a conservative. Yeah, we've done a we've done like and it starts at Hollywood. Like most people in Hollywood go completely anti-Trump and anti-right because they have to because you have to you have to if you want to work they have they have made it abundantly clear that if you are on the right side you're not going to work journalism as well and that's of course between Hollywood and journalism that's where we get all of our information and most of our ideas nowadays and I mean it's just almost brainwashing at this point and people don't people think of these concepts you know as good ideas we should help people we should be able to pay for their medical care we should be able to pay for their education and that's all great in theory but when you actually look at the reality of where do you get all this money to pay for all this medical care and you pay for all of this uh, free schooling you have to take it from working people and if they're taxed at that rate what is the point of even working and then the whole system just breaks down and that's exactly what happens in communist and socialist countries all over the world See, at some point you have to say, this is where we draw the line, enough is enough, because once it gets up past that line, mm-hmm. the entire system's going to break down. And that's when, when, the, when the system starts to fail, it has to be enforced, right? 
It has to exactly. be enforced. And the only way you can enforce it is with re-education and violence. Like that's the only way it continues to work. You have to have a hegemonic single point control mechanism over every aspect. And that's where people don't quite understand it. You can't have freedom and socialism. You can't have those two things. They don't, they do not coexist in the same ecosystem. They do not in order for it to work. It has to be enforced with a massive amount of force. And that's the thing where I I continue to, to debate these things with, with, liberals where they'll say i think you know hey i think that education for all right that i just had this conversation the other week education for everybody should get a free education i'm like that sounds great doesn't it but when everybody wants to fucking go to college and be an artist and nobody wants to contribute to a real economy where money is actually being made or real things are being made like that's awesome that everybody wants to be a fucking you know, an oil painter, oil painter that you know paints Banksy. That that, <laughs> yeah, here's another, that you don't make anything. Yeah. but that's but that's happening right now, and that's exactly. why the trades are being paid much more than people with four year degrees. Is because it, we've went too far. We started educating too many people in degrees that there aren't really jobs for, and people ignored the trades, and now they're getting paid more. Because you told them propaganda. That's what happens in a free market. You said when you go, you know, universities have fed this line of shit to generations of kids because they want the money, which is come to college, you're going to have a higher rate of income. Okay, but then you take out a bunch of debt, and then you go get your art degree in six years, and the only thing that you can do after six years is wait tables... You're not going to have a high rate of income. No, that's you, all you're going you're to be able debt. to do. No, you and I. So then your welder that. or your yeah. pipe fitter or the guys that are like they look down on because I, they've done it my yes. entire life. My yeah. dad was a logger, and every one of these academics would look down on my family and you know my uncles, my aunts, and everyone else. Like, oh, I've got a degree in this, and it's like, yeah, that's you did great homework. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that's made up. The pencils you're using. Our Read this book somewhere. and write a paper that serves no purpose. Well, for the record, I think education shredder. is important. It just has to be in a degree that's useful. And colleges have just become diploma well, factories. You and I were they don't even educate that recently. I don't, I, I don't the, even know if education is important. The Egyptian point. study. I, like, I'm, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I. I want to say that it's like the education they're receiving is not directly equivalent to making them wise or contributing individuals to an overall society where we're making our country better. And I, I I mean, obviously when I, I, we employ 218 people today and I continue to talk to kids where they're like, I'm going to go to college. I'm like, I don't know if you need college. And when I say, I would discourage you from going to college and they'll say, why? Like you need to go learn a trade, a skill, a skill. Why? Because you have to have a means in order to make money. Then if you want to go get a degree in philosophy or, you know, history or you want to go be be a mechanical engineer, fantastic. Finish that off. Then it continues to develop your intellect where you can pursue something that you're not only passionate about, but where you can have some form of skill that is a direct contribution to society, and it allows you to pay your fucking bills. Yes. But I, if you I just mean, go get your history degree, yeah. hey, dog. No, that was that. Yeah. Expect that to be you, poor for a long you time. You and I were sharing back and forth. That was that said. My friend has a master's in Egyptian studies and is going back for their PhDs because he can't get a job, and now they're going to teach other people Egyptian studies. Exactly. <laughs> but that, but that's, the, that's the exact that's the exact point, though, is that people that get a lot of these degrees. I mean, say you go and get a philosophy degree and you're now a PhD in philosophy. The only job you have is really to teach other people philosophy, Correct. which really doesn't it produce caps. anything. And it, that's yeah. great. But I mean, at the end of the day, You're just a cog these in a fucking stupid system. These people that, that are teaching other people, whatever subject have never actually worked in the real world. So there's no. a disconnect. Much like with politicians who have never held Correct. a real job, right. your politicians making decisions for the entire country, and a lot of them have never held a real job mm-hmm. or never worked with their hands, so they don't really understand how the other half lives. No, like Joe Biden, has he ever had a real job? He definitely hasn't in the last like fifty years. I think he's been in Senate at least. In, when I say I think his first Senate was like 
1975, two years before I was born, is when he came to Washington. What Damn. the fuck does that guy know about real life? Nothing. Like he knows nothing, nothing, nothing about real life. Knows nothing about the common plight of America. He's completely dis. He, he, yeah, he's but where was detached. this disconnect? Because I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I have, I have being being on the Senate floor in the House of Representatives recently and seeing how this works. Mm-hmm. Like, what it seems is, you are elected to reflect your district in, yeah, in the decisions that you make in Washington. But what we see nowadays is people like AOC and people, all these people that are up there spewing their own opinion, not what their district wants. You know, AOC kicked out a company that was going to, that was going to provide the tens of thousands of jobs in her district. Did she even put that over to them to say, hey, do you guys want this or do you not want this? And why isn't that happening from our representatives? It seems like we've gotten lazy and extremely disrespectful. Like it's like once you become a congressman or congresswoman or or they're like like and if you see how these people yeah these people are acting <laughs> like with Nancy Pelosi tearing the State of the Union in half like because who's her boss you know she doesn't have to report to anybody so now I can act however I want I can ruin a ceremony I can she's I gonna can be, she's gonna win re-election no matter what she does yeah because yeah, yeah. that's how liberal her district is right but it's just like there's no accountability over there and and even then. We aren't pointing out failures. It seems like once you become a politician, you can fuck everything up and nobody uh, nobody even holds you accountable. But I think that that's kind of like the the politics just in general, right? And American politics, I don't know. I think it's probably getting better. Like I mean, I see hope, especially some of the the, you know, new congress people, congress Congressional, whatever. What do you say? Whichever. Yeah. So transitions. I mean, I see. I see it getting better to a certain degree. Um, you know, I, I look at it. And I look at the last, you know, several decades, and I look at, you know, these policies. For instance, you know, if you're uh, if you're not willing to do, you know, be a globalist, you're a fucking racist, or you're xenophobic, xenophobiac, right? Where Okay, but national security is a real issue. You know, if you don't want to, if if you don't want open borders, you're a racist. If if you, it, it, it's this knee jerk reaction narrative to, you know, if you believe in the Second Amendment, you're a racist. If you believe there should be a wall, you're a racist. It's nobody like, no. nobody does their own homework anymore. Yeah, right. It, it's just well, everything is this default answer to anything conservative. It's always you're a racist. That's their only answer. And then you end up yeah, there's no, defending that you're not a racist. It, like You're not hey even man. talking about the issue at this point. Right. So it's, it's like, no, hey, let's really talk about legal immigration. Let's talk about you know, what is a positive immigration policy for the United States. And maybe it might have to vary based on state. It can't be just federal. right? There's, there's so many different variables to this where you can't just continue to be duped into these conversations with progressives where their only answer is you're a racist Racist. or you know if you want to start logging in 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 your congressional district now you're against you want to just kill all the trees and clear cut everything and you know you're a a capitalist greedy pig that wants to ruin the environment and you're in the pocket of big corporate lumber (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh no (laughs) they got me (laughs) <laughs> right, but I mean that's got to be had. what what they're what they're yeah that's what they're that's what they're going to say I'm sure but at the end of the day the average person can understand these issues they're not very complicated they're not we I think we we don't give the average voter enough credit I mean most people can look outside and realize that there's more forest fires every year in California and Oregon than there were in the past. Right. And there's got to be a reason for it. It's probably not global warming. It's probably the fact that we don't manage our forests anymore. But and we yet, don't put are out we forest are fire. we are we putting that on Gavin Newsom's shoulders though? That's that's another thing. There's no accountability. Like they straight up the these fires that happened in 2019, they straight up came back and said this is because the governor of California stopped us from doing our 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 forest restoration and all the right. things that they do. Like, why isn't that guy being strung up? He's at fault because the decisions he made directly impacted the state's fucking security. Right. 
that there's no accountability. Right. Um, I mean, I don't think, I think you're right. There, there isn't really any accountability. I mean, you know, we invaded Iraq in 2003, you know, we spent trillions, trillions, seven plus, trillion, whatever, you know, on the premise that they had, you know, chemical weapons, you know, 3,800 people died and multiple different, you know, injuries, you know, it's a, it, when we look at that, there's an entire administration not one of them had ever been to war from Rumsfeld to, you know, GW to, yeah. you know, the like Cheney. None of them had ever been to war. So it's super easy for those guys just to make decisions. Fuck be like, it. Hey, let's yeah, go to war. Yeah. Fuck it. Go to war. You know, let's let's send a bunch of dudes out there and, you know, let's transfer a massive amount of wealth from taxpayer into the military industrial complex we're not making the united states any safer there's no stabilizing iraq at that point iraq was relatively stable yeah. believe it or not like a guy like saddam hussein probably kept a pretty good fucking kept close, a tight ship on nor am i saying that you agree with me in these statements because they're, they're <laughs> he's not i'm saying I, I think i do actually no I, I i we just shouldn't be messing in other countries business i mean well i mean yes iraq that, wasn't coming over here it, and fucking yeah, with us exactly no but where's the accountability to your point exactly one of the largest transference of transferences of wealth in american history from the taxpayer to the military industrial complex on false premises on false premise weapons that were built on literally things that were, were mined within the intelligence community thousands of lives lost where's the accountability but if the average person smokes none, a joint or doesn't none. pay their taxes, they go to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, oh, but hey, but you know, hey, Hillary can have her own private servers. You know, mm-hmm. no accountability. Hey, no accountability. Like any one of us would have been fried. would have been fired, kicked out. Like you name it in the military. There's there's a different standard. There's a ruling class, and there's the rest of us. There's a ruling class, and there's the rest of us. And what happens? Is that when people go to Washington, they get they get part they're, they're part of the ruling class, and I think that that's the big thing where where I continue to go back to is like, please, as as a society, can we just have the conversation where, you know, when you isolate control and power, it, there is corruption, and if we continue to lobby and throw these issues up to the federal federal level, you're gonna you're, you will continue to have these same problems and. 20 years. We've been in war in Afghanistan for 20 fucking years. Mm-hmm. We're going to pull out of Afghanistan after 20 years of war. And what do we have to show for it? What do we have to show for <laughs> it? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what Northrop Grumman has to show for it. Yeah. Tell you what Raytheon has to show for Halliburton. it. Halliburton. They've Their shareholder prices have gone fucking incredibly high. You know, when we look at it, you know... It, when I look at the cost effectiveness, even just the wars that we that we fight, and people say, "But if you're not a globalist, you're a racist." I'm not a racist. I just don't think that we I mean, should. We be don't even meddling in other countries. We don't even like, do that well. Like, huh? We don't even we don't even do the wars that we fight well. We don't do them efficient. We, you know, no, because burning, because, you know, because to, they're built to slowly trickle the taxpayers the, the cost of, from their money. Yeah, the cost of that's one the way they're F-16. built. We could have 35 A-29s that provide more safety and coverage for troops. They're not. But that's the thing is that you can just look at Afghanistan the way that it was fought for 20 years. And you'll know why it was fought the way that it was. It's for. War is a racket by Smedley Butler, right? Yeah. War is a racket. Yeah. And it, it was a slow trickle. Low intensity conflict is a means for us to not get too worried about all the, the bodies that are coming home. It's because that's another reason why you can't see that on the news. You know, it's not, you can't see the body bags coming home and the American flags drift over the coffins. You know, low intensity conflict keeps us involved, keeps the millions of dollars per day keep flowing from the taxpayer into corporate interest, and it keeps going year after year after year. And the real winner in that entire fucking war was the military industrial complex. That was the real war. That was the real winner in Absolutely. Afghanistan. They won. Yeah. They did. Eisenhower warned us. And, uh, you know, Feinstein's husband is a major shareholder in Halliburton, so. Yeah. You're, you're, it's all in a loop. 
<laughs> They're all smoking cigars together. It's all yeah, it's, exactly. It's all the same group of people. I mean, you mm-hmm. could look at the even the bailout in two thousand eight. You know, with Tarpon things like that. They took American taxpayer dollars, didn't ask anybody, and nope. just gave it to big banks, who yeah. then didn't change any of their policies and nope. continued to make the same mistakes. It's just we, I, JT's right. We need to hold people accountable. We need to vote out reps that aren't yes. doing their job. We need to vote in people. I mean, I've I've met. A lot of congressmen and a lot of politicians recently, and a lot of them are brilliant, brilliant people. Right. A lot of them are good people, but I think the single most important factor when you elect a politician, especially a representative like a congressman, they need to have their heart in the right place. Right. Because they're representing their district. They can be the smartest not their, person. Not their interests. Exactly. Yes. They can be the smartest person in the room, but if they're not, if they're representing their own dis- or their own interests over their district or someone else's interests over their district, it doesn't matter how smart they are. You just need someone with a good heart who knows why they're running and what they want to accomplish and that can then go accomplish it and retire and get out of the way and make way for somebody new. Because we have, I'm running against a guy who's been in office for 33 years. That's longer than I've been alive. That's uh, yeah, it's time, time for him to go. Like that, that is absolute insanity. Yes, it is. 33 fucking years. Like they, they're, there's no way a person should hold office that fucking long. Not, not, it doesn't not make any one bit. Sense. You can't stand on. Uh, there's no argument that you can give. I think it should be like the military. You either get promoted or you get out. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in Congress for 10 years and you can't make it you to the Senate tenure, or president boom, by then, you're, out. you're done. <laughs> there should be some type of incentive for guys to leave. Like, great. You're, you're, you, you need to be there for X and then you're out. Now, granted... Term limits, depending, like those are those can be, you know, that that depending on how and how you're defining them and what you're doing with them, like the, the who knows what the right amount of time is, right? But I just can't imagine being in a job like, and a job can't be that fucking difficult if you're in it for thirty three fucking years and you're still doing it poorly. Like, Joe Biden is what seventy eight years old, something like that. Yeah, yeah. because I see every every corporation in America. It's publicly traded that does over a billion dollars in revenue. They're all scrambling to hire a 78 year old to run their business. They're <laughs> scrambling for the 78 year old. And that's the insanity that I'm looking at going. This is who you want to th- be president. This yeah. is who you want to be president. Okay. A 78 year old. It's already been in the seat as far as a VP. He's already like a half wit as far as like I can tell is just like in general. And but we we're, we're going to put him in. OK, that, that sounds like a good time. You know, if you did that in any major publicly traded company in the United States, if you put a 78 in the seat, 78 year old male, female doesn't matter in the seat of Ford Motor Company. You'd have you a think massive stock shareholder. Yeah, you'd have this many gaffes that this guy's had. I don't. I don't even like making fun of Joe Biden for that kind of stuff because honestly, I think it's serious. Like, I think he honestly is getting dementia or something. I think he is too. Something's going on. Uh, it's not even. It's not even funny at this point. I mean, he should probably seek some help. Yeah. <laughs> probably just sit down, Joe. Sit down. Go. Go. Like. Go to your rocking chair. Yeah. You know, you and Hunter can ride off into the sunset with your Ukrainian millions. You know, and yeah. rocking your white, rocking white chair, horses. Yeah, you know, ride horses and, you know, and You're not pay alimony like, or child is support. Really, is the ego that much? You know, he could probably start like an orphanage or something. That seems like something Joe Biden would really yeah, pack. Yeah, pack a bunch of little kids. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of politicians do do it for the ego, though. And I think uh, that's one of the worst things for Ugh. the health of the country as well. You've got a bunch of egotistical people arguing about who can screw each other over the most yeah, i mean what's well, sociopathic and, it's and, all really sociopathic yeah and that's the, i mean that's the problem with the federal government having so much power is you have these people that are each trying to represent their district but the problem is is once something becomes federal law it's then forced down the throats of all yeah. the other districts that didn't want it it's the same thing with you know san francisco making the policy of the state of california it's the same problem that we're dealing with in Oregon coming out of Portland to right. the rest of Oregon. 
it's the Portland mayor is probably one of the biggest morons I've ever. I've, I follow him closely, and it's just like, <laughs> what is, is going? What is going like on? Why, why do you follow the mayor? mayor? Planning on moving what? to Oregon? What? No, because because he uh, he allows the the Antifa shit to go on oh, down there, and like yeah. he he is the one that put out to and I started following him because police officers from Portland started reaching out saying hey do you know what goes on up here like what we're told you know Antifa is is like given carte blanche they can assault people they can hit people with fucking crowbar I don't know we're not allowed to touch him I don't know how they find police officers to do that job in Portland I I wouldn't do it a lot of them have talked about how that yeah they're shelling out the the retention is 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 horrible right now, and mm-hmm. then there there's a lot of talks of major striking that's going to go on up there because the the city doesn't have their backs. Like, no, like but the the mayor of Portland was the one that induced the bill to disarm the police officers. You didn't see that? Yeah, <laughs> so, but, that, but that's the entire. That's up and down both coasts. It, it's I don't know if something comes in maybe from. The the air, see, maybe it's like the sea air. air that comes in, and it just <laughs> yeah. makes like politicians whale, whale and public officials like just that, yeah. dumb as fuck. I I don't know. That's Seattle too. I mean, yeah. they have a well, I mean, Seattle's fucking communist. Well, it's like, like property. The, the the big thing with Seattle is the authorization for people to uh, homeless people allowed to claim domicile in a tent yeah, on your that. land. No, you you can park. Like, yeah. You can just park on the street in front of your house and call it your house. and call it your domicile. And now they're you're not and allowed, now not. you can't call the cops to get you their 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 car See, taken away. I'm okay with that. Let Seattle do whatever the hell they want, but don't <laughs> force it on the state of Washington. That's I mean, Oregon. Well, well or, yeah, or, or Oregon, but you know Seattle's in Washington. I'm okay with that but, too because I moved <laughs> out and just sold my condo. Yeah. And I'm I'm totally fine with that too. Like I don't need to go back there, and I won't really. I don't have any desire to. Just don't yeah. move out of Seattle and try to do it in Spokane. Exactly, because you can you can move out of a city even yeah. if you have to work in that city. You can live outside of the city and commute. But once they right. start doing it to entire states, that's when it becomes a real problem because people moving states and fleeing states for more politically similar states to their own point of views, then that becomes a real problem. Unless it's Idaho, just, I think that all the conservatives should move to Idaho. Rally around Idaho. And <laughs> I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. And then we'll just start pushing our borders. Yeah. <laughs> Via that an- would be badass. We get Activate everybody the Idaho move. National Guard yeah. and bait a section of Oregon. Yeah, and then we hey, just dog. start taking. We yeah, just start, we'll start taking, taking land. I, I mean, I Idaho, can't comment on this. Idaho, <laughs> Idaho has both an A-10 and a Strike Eagle squadron, so we could we could, I, move I, some, we could, we could definitely we could take some ground in Washington. Washington. And you know what? Texas would be a friend, and Texas has the first armor division, so we got we could, tanks. We could re we could rename <laughs> Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming like like Idaho, Wyoming, just Ida a super Wyoming. state, yeah, super state. I'm not sure. of awesome. And just put a fence around it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure if you'd have to wage war with anybody because I think the militaries of uh, all of these surrounding states would probably be on your yeah. side too. That's what I mean. We that's true. You could roll Texas. Utah into that if you just like rolled up all those states. Well, that's that's put always a fence the joke. around them. You know, California jokes about or, or they they talk about how they want to leave the United States, but California doesn't have any defense system. They've got a Globemaster, a C-17 squadron, and some C-130s. Like, they don't have a military. <laughs> the wow. tanks are in Texas. The attack aircraft are in, in Idaho. All right. of Oregon's pretty much infantry, so we'll help Yeah, you I guys think that's out. Washington, too. Yeah, but, yeah. Washington's that infantry. It doesn't, doesn't really matter how much infantry you have if we're rolling in with tanks. That's true. <laughs> and aircraft. I, I like this plan, where yeah. we just start putting border walls <laughs> internally yeah. and then making a super state and then taking land yeah. with force my, my campaign manager looks Sorry. very confused right now he's like this is, <laughs> your campaign manager is like this is the dumbest fucking conversation oh, damn he's ever heard <laughs> pull the plug oh. well if people if people want to support you in this in this campaign oh, endeavor you. where can they find you yeah how can well, they help? Our website is uh, alec4oregon.com. Ooh. That's A-L-E-K for Oregon.com. F-O-R. F-O-R. Got spelled it. out. Alec4oregon.com. And then, uh, yes, we have a Facebook page as well. Alec Scarlatos, not my personal. Please don't send me a friend request. We have a political Why page I for did. that. I, I, w- I want it to. 
You can follow my Instagram. That's okay. <laughs> All right. But um, yeah, we're. I mean, we're just trying to donation links are up. Oh, absolutely. All right. We're just trying to get support, get some money into this campaign, so we can uh, make part of Western Oregon and, you know, Republican. Evan and I are trying to get you elected too, so we have a congressman that owes us a favor. Oh. Got you in our pocket now, but yeah, Uh-oh. we do. That's our that's Uh-oh. our motive. Uh oh, <laughs> I'm <Actually>. beholden. <laughs> yeah. Not really. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me. We were glad that you could make it out for this. Sorry, you got roped into this show where just a bunch of idiots are talking about politics. That's kind of, I mean, good for good for us, bad for you. Apologize. It was it was okay. <laughs> <laughs>